What's going on, everybody, and welcome to episode 59 of the Playconomics podcast, breaking down the business behind the world of video games. I'm one of your hosts, Poppy Koike, and joined with me today, as always, the Donkey Kong shirt wearing, head, uh, hair swept to the side, looking, beard having, headphone wearing. There he is. People love him. Video game absolute connoisseur, Matt Mascari. Apex Predator eluding. No. It's Apex eluded you. Hard stuck silver. Hard stuck. Is that what the kids call it now? Yeah. Hard stuck. You know what else is hard and is stuck, Matt? Let's just go Gum right into our on mini- the oh. New York City sidewalk. I was gonna say, you know what else is hard stuck to get funding? Vadio games. Oh, and we're just going right, right yeah. into it. Yeah. No. Because. All right. So if you're a longtime listener of this show, you'll know who Vadio games are. Vadio and games. And if you're, I'm sorry to interrupt, but if you're not a longtime listener, or even if you are a longtime listener, you won't know who they are because they're nobodies. Continue, yes, Matt. That's fair. However, Vadio Games swindled me out of $20. They didn't make me, but persuaded me under their premise of a cozy, crunchy game to give me a $20 mobile game. That's what they gave me. And do you know what? That was the last game they will ever make. Because they currently went under, and we said it on this podcast, that they were 100% virtue-seeking as a no-name, small indie developer, which we love that, if you produce good games. But charging me $20 for a mobile game, and then getting yourself in the news, because you decided that you were going to unionize with seven employees... And say that you were on the forefront of gaming with your cozy, crunchy crap Vadio games. Uh, I hope all of your developers get jobs at other companies, and I hope there's no long term hardships by any of them. But oh my God, did I hate your product and your company? Here's what I'll say about this because you're you're coming in hot, so I, I'll I'll good cop oh. this one. Um, goddamn, man. Isn't isn't it? It's almost like let let's um let's picture a gaming landscape where one person with a good work ethic, a solid product idea, and the grit and continuous and relentless progress forward. It's a Cam Haynes thing. To make a game by themselves. And have it be a worldwide phenomenon. If only there were something that I could point to. Stardew Valley, Undertale, you know, massive games that were good made by a small team of, you know, one to three people. And were good and recognized for being good and sold millions. The guy who made Stardew Valley, you understand, he never has to work again. Same thing with the Undertale guy. Yeah, right? never again. Uh, Hades. Can you imagine? Uh, hey, like Hades, Hades is uh, by Supergiant. They're a little bit big. They're like a triple I team. But anywho, That's the fair. point I'm trying to make is uh, imagine for a second if you just uh, shut up 
and made a good product and let that product speak for itself instead of trying to attach a gimmick to your product in order to get your studio clout. Uh, Vodio Games, uh, we hardly knew you. Best of luck to everybody at the studio. If anybody's looking for work, Play Economist is hiring interns. <laughs> we're, we're not. But at the same time, again, we... I think I wouldn't be so happy about this company going under, and that is one of the like cruel realities of like starting your own business and putting your own product out there. However, however, oh my God, did they falsely market Beast Breaker. And that can't slide. We can't let that slide. And you know what? The market didn't let it slide. If you're going to charge me for a mobile game, charge me 99 cents in the microtransactions. Don't give me this $20 freaking brick breaker game. I digress. But, you know, we're talking about the death of Vadio games. But at the same time, the circle of life continues. And the Witcher 3 and the Witcher franchise rises again. And I'm going to let... You know what? We're going straight into the article for VGC, Video Games Chronicles, for all of you who don't understand that acronym. CD Projekt says Witcher 3's next-gen release is on track for late 2022. And isn't that going to mess up all of the games that get released late 2022? Not really, but I think it would have been really, really cool for an August-September release. Yeah, yeah, August-September release was certain. You hit the nail right on the head. Now is when we needed the Witcher uh, next-gen upgrade. Yep. December, I'm playing Callisto Protocol. Don't get me wrong, I'll play this. Witcher 3 was the first game that I I played, and I was like, this is not a Bobby game, mm-hmm. but I'm going to play it anyway. And uh, I ended up loving Witcher 3. It got me into the books. I ended up reading all the books. It got me into, you know, obviously the show. Um, cool. Kind of late. I mean, I wonder just how much... Yeah. improvement we're gonna get to a witcher 3 like the game is already beautiful on its own like i i put witcher 3 as one of the most beautiful games on last gen um agreed cool great we also got news about a cyberpunk dlc uh i don't know cd project it was like a like a net neutral in terms of good faith for me where it's like they gave, I gave them a lot of good faith because Witcher was so great, and then they shit in my cereal with Cyberpunk. I mean, not in my cereal because I played it on PS5, and it like I just, I just didn't, I just don't think Cyberpunk is, from a game design standpoint, a good game. Or I'm sorry, let me let me rephrase because that was that was not the statement I wanted, and people are gonna whatever clip that up. I don't think Cyberpunk is worth the hype that it okay. has. Agreed. I think the best part about Cyberpunk is the intricacy of the map. If you've ever seen the map, it almost looks like a like a 3D Rubik's Cube, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, I didn't have any technical issues, but I was like, eh, like the story didn't do anything to me for me. Eh. But uh, yeah, just uh, don't don't shit the cereal on this one, CD Projekt Red. I get that, and I also want to, it doesn't, this game doesn't need to come out now, and it says until the end of 2022 is when we are expecting this, it has a window that it needs to come out before God of War. 
No, I don't know if they cannibalize. This needs to come out before. Well, I'm sorry. Are we talking Witcher? Or are we talking Cyberpunk Witcher. DLC? Witcher. I think because it's an old, this isn't going to set the world on fire. I think Witcher Three has gotten like this steady little, like little bumps, like you're like 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 a skipping rock kind of thing, where it's like yeah. boop 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 boop. I don't think Witcher Three sales are going to, you know go absolutely thermonuclear more than it did when the show's new seasons premiered no i agree but i'm just saying for the health of this game if they release it alongside god of war that would be a mistake but if they release it up until god of war there's really there's overwatch but overwatch doesn't scratch the same itch that the witcher does I agree. I also think Witcher 3's got kind of like that Elden Ring symptom to it, where it's like, you will always be in the mood to play it. Like, it will never be a yeah. bad time to pit, like, pick up a game of that size and scope. Agreed. I also liked, in this next VGC article, uh, still on the Witcher topic, is that there is a new Witcher saga in production. Yeah, we, to- I'm, I'm stoked on that. I mean... More Witcher, the better. You've never played the Witcher games, have you? I played a little bit of three. Yeah, I played a little bit of three. Didn't finish it. I am going to pick this up, though, because I watched the show after I really couldn't get into the lore of the game. And I watched the show, loved it, and now I'm going to try it again, re-upped on Xbox. I think that's going to be a nice, solid weekend of gaming. I agree. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. I got nothing else to say about uh, The Witcher. Well, as we transition into our next mini topic, this article brought to us by PC Gamer. Tencent's latest deal will help Ubisoft fend off takeover bids from larger corporations like Tencent, which I... Who is it? Who is it? Rich Statton. What a fucking headline that is. The greatest headline <gasps> of all time. Headline. Oh my god. Rich Staten. Oh my god. Clap because it, it takes some linguistic gymnastics <laughs> to look at this story and come up with this headline. Ten, I, 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 I got it for a second. Tencent's latest deal will help Ubisoft fend off. Does Rich Staten work for Tencent? Because only, only Tencent's latest deal will help Ubisoft fend off takeover bids from larger corporations like Tencent. Yes. I'm confused as to whether or not you think he was serious about this. My drug dealer... Help trying to help me get off crack by giving me meth so that I won't do bad drugs like meth. Yes, he's that he's he's making that point though. He's like Ubisoft won't get bought out by a large company because they've been bought out by a large company. I I like I almost don't know if that's a like wow. It, that is satire. There's no re- shot that he accidentally wrote ten cent twice. 
Reading from the article now, Tencent is China's largest tech company and has long had its sights set on Ubisoft. It's not alone in this. As industry consolidates, the friend publisher is one of the largest and most attractive targets out there with a public valuation of roughly $5.3 billion and a globally recognized brands like Assassin's Creed. Far Cry and the Tom Clancy games. In June, Tencent looked to increase its existing 4.5 stake by making a mega bucks offer to Ubisoft shareholders of $101.84 per share, a price that represented a huge premium over stock so that so far this year has averaged a price of less than half of that. In other words, this is the kind of corporate aggression that won't take no for an answer. Skipping a little bit more down the article now, to put it in plain language, the Gilmonts, the people who own uh, Ubisoft, have taken 10 cents money, but with conditions that for now put any takeover on the back burner. In fact, this arguably insulates Ubisoft from a takeover for the next decade. Any company interested in acquiring it will, if you excuse the turn of a phrase, have to go through 10 cent first. Um... Look, I think this is a very fiscally deaf article, and I would love to talk to Rich Staten because I think that <clears throat> paragraph there is a little bit misinformed because we have an example of a Chinese mega corporation absolutely not giving two halves of a whole shit if the right price is on the table. You'll remember that Bungie was owned by who? NetEase, exactly. And when Sony came calling with a big enough bag, guess what? Bungie was not insulated from purchase. Just like Ubisoft is not insulated from purchase. Because you know what Tencent likes? Money. I think the only <sighs> the only way I see this as keeping them from away from purchase is it's keeping them from needing to sell. Like, I think that is the point of this article, is they are saying Ubisoft is no longer in a place where they need to sell their company because they cannot function anymore. And it's going down the shitter. Maybe they stop releasing subpar games. You know what I'll say? Skull and Bones! <laughs> Get Skull and Bones on the shelves. Yeah, but what Christ. about Assassin's Creed Mirage? I digress. Ubisoft hasn't been putting out the greatest games of all time recently. However... I hope for the revival of Ubisoft. I do feel, and I'll make two comments on uh, this Tencent money influx to Ubisoft. One, their games will not get better with Tencent on board. I don't believe that. They will get monetized in a more, I don't want to say predatory, but... They'll make money off the game somehow doing this. Hey, Ubisoft, try try to make an Assassin's Creed in Maoist China. Just try. Just try. However, this is also, I would argue, a borderline strong arm. And it goes to show the brazenness and the just absolute bold demeanor of Tencent to do whatever they want however they want with almost any company they would like because they put this money to get a now French studio with, or a piece of a French studio 
which they're slowly creeping into all of the different Western markets. They're getting high-priced IP. They're getting legacy IP that we've had a long-standing relationship with. They're creeping in and strong-arming their way in to very, very much consolidate Tencent's library. And on top of all of that, this all comes off the back of the Chinese government saying that their video game industry is coming to a halt because they don't want it there. And this is Tencent's answer to still make money. So basically, Chinese government in this hand is saying, we don't want video games to be present in our children's lives for more than this amount of time. However, we're going to sell video games to every other country besides ourselves because they're going to make us a lot of money and we would like a lot of money. You know who else does that? Drug dealers. <laughs> don't get high if you're on supply. And they applied that to video games. Um, look, uh, my, my extreme disdain for any communist regime aside here, uh, it's a little worrying. It's a little worrying. And I'm going to put on the old tinfoil hat here for a second. It's a little worrying that, a, uh, you know, a country where there's direct government ties to all businesses has a business that is making interactive media for every other part of the world except their own. What did they buy last week? A narrative studio. So now you can tell any kind of stories you want. And hey, what else, what did they buy this week? Oh, a, a studio that makes uh, games set in famous parts of history. There's no way you could tell a skewed perspective from that. Not at all. Is anyone else worried? Because I am. This would kind of be... Like, the fact that they have such a, such a strong internal, like, opinion of video games, but continue to double down on it elsewhere, is insane. It would be like if somebody was very, very known for corrupt police, but then outsourced police forces to everywhere. So, what I'll say mm -hmm. is I, there's this podcast I listen to. It's called Real Dictators. It's a fantastically done podcast. It's uh, this British guy who's like a modern David Attenborough, and they release these episodes all about like famous dictators. It's a historical podcast, right? Yep. I love learning about this kind of shit. And I learned that, did you know uh, Kim Jong-un uh, is one of the largest importers of American media and yes. uh, Remy Martin Cognac in the yes. world? He loves yeah. American pop culture. Yeah. How funny would it be if you run into Xi Jinping in a COD lobby? Because I'd find that funny. I guess. It would be funny. It would be funny. And speaking, That's all. That's speaking all I got. of things that are funny, I saw this article and it was going to make it into the main topic because you know I'm a sucker for two things. One, video games. Two, psychology. And this article marries them both deeply. So in this article by TechExplorer.com, uh, by GIST, which is an acronym for a Institute of Science and Technology, they're developing and have developed. It's in. It's not in like beta, but they're using it as a learning tool right now. A video game that adjusts its difficulty based on player interaction within the game. So basically, the more angry you get at the game the easier the game gets. And it responds to the way that you are playing the game, 
which I could only assume is that they decide what your difficulty is based on solely how hard you press the X or A button and how hard are you mashing it because that directly correlates to anger. Have you thrown the controller against the wall? Yes or no? No. Easy. fucking $80 for my controller. Easy mode. Easy mode. We'll get to more controller Um, things. You're going to absolutely hate what I have to say next. Hit me. Uh, This isn't a new or novel concept. There's a little game, and it's genuinely the only game I can say that I've ever seen do this. Mm -hmm. A little game called Resident Evil 4. (laughs) I'm not joking. Nothing. Hold on. Nothing I'm about to say is a joke. Resident Evil 4 has dynamic difficulty where predicated on how many times you die will scale the game throughout and it's, you know, a dynamic thing. You can look this up. I am. This is not a new thing. There is no difficulty slider in Resident Evil 4. The game adjusts itself based on your play patterns. I love that. Resident Evil 4 came out in 2005. So... all games should be like this however i do not believe that these are um and if you go into the article it's not only based I love that on this is what we picked i know uh it is not only um gameplay like it is also like soft things in the game that uh like learns how you're behaving because it doesn't just go with like your ability they use terms like competence and flow so it depends on how easily you're going through the video game not like in a difficulty standard but like how you're progressing and is it like sharp burst turns do this do this do this or are you like easily flowing through the in the game in a state of flow so it's a little more i would think honestly i like the resident evil metric better because it's solely based on gameplay and not how are you playing the game but very, very interesting. And I think more games should have dynamic difficulty, at least as a setting. But we've all thrown a controller against the wall once or twice. We've smashed our Guitar Hero controllers. You're on fire with these transitions today, brother. Let me just say. Yes. But. You've been staring in the window, in the mirror for hours. But. Planning these. All of us have that controller that is near and dear to your heart. And in this article by GameIndustries.biz, and we were talking about the PlayStation version of its Elite controller that's coming out and launching for $180 later, I believe this year, early next year. Yeah, no firm date given as of now. Okay. Xbox just announced their next generation Elite controller. And it's offering up a core system where if you remember back in the day of the Xbox 360, you got a core, which was basically the dirt as dumbed down as that could possibly get. They basically take all the bells and whistles off of an elite controller. So if you were ever to purchase one, you would get the adaptive charger. You would get the game case. You would get the additional sticks, the additional back panels. This doesn't come with any of that. It just comes with a set of each of them that's already on the controller and you buy it as a controller, but it sells for $130. Petty moves, petty moves across the board. And then you could buy a $60 upgrade to get all the stuff that you previously got for your $180 controller. But 
and this is the single greatest thing and what I enjoy most about my Xbox is they're now adding elite controllers to the creative lab. And for those who don't- Were they not before? No, it was just base controllers. So the creative lab is you get to go in and customize the color scheme, the texture of your controller and all different aspects of your controller for borderline the same price as a regular one. They go for 70 bucks versus the 59.90 or the 64 that a regular controller is. This goes for 70 and you get to customize every single color on every piece. I have my pink controller right up here. Beautiful. Now they allow you to do elite controllers, which I've been waiting for. I will purchase one and there will what be no rage going on with. I have no idea. I already have an elite controller that's black and red. So we I will should do a probably... video where you're blindfolded and you and make an elite make controller blindfolded and they don't look at your email or anything and just see what comes. And speaking of things that Xbox is unanimously unequivocally doing correctly, we're coming in to our first I'm gonna main eat this topic. camera battery if you don't if you don't stop with the fanboy <laughs> in this article brought to brought to us by dot esports.com i'm not playing anything matt in case, you want to, in case you want to ask me we've do, been doing the show for <laughs> i guess you know, i don't know i feel like a year do... and change what what have you been change. playing you know how ex- I'm on the transition. I'm on the transition game. What? What have you been playing? If you say nothing, if you say more of the same, I'm literally going to punch you in the face. <laughs> say it. Say more of the same. Say more of the same. I'm going to fight my I'm yeah. going to fight my camera. No. You'll never know. Yeah, let's no. talk about the Xbox family pen. This is all staying in. Yeah. Nobody okay. cares about what we're playing. <sighs> the CPA Back to the has, Xbox. The the uh the CPA has been playing has, Destiny. He's been playing no, Destiny. The, the CPA know. no longer exists. The accountant. The accountant's uh, back. <laughs> he cares. He'll never know. But uh, that's fine. How much does cool. Xbox Game Pass friends and family plan cost? And before we get into what it costs for the family plan, we're going to discuss what it costs currently for any plan. What we got here is for the basic plan for just your console. One console, one user. one pc one user also 9.99 or you could pay 14.99 for both with additional like ea uh services games unlockables etc as well as the xbox gold subscription which lets you play online 14.99 this comes in for a u.s price of 25.99 or 24.99 and I have two points to make about the family plan for this. And go I'm ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. How, ma- how many, maybe you'll bring it up, but just to quantify what it is we're talking, how many consoles? <clears throat> doesn't say. It does well. It doesn't say yet. Yeah. Kind and of a the, yeah, those are my huge questions. Huge thing to leave out. <laughs> so the two questions I have, and they do answer it, it, they do answer it in the article. They just say it's not there. So currently, the um, the price isn't confirmed, but that is what it is currently testing at is $25 a month. There is no household lock on it. So it doesn't need to be someone within your own household. 
but you okay. do need to you need to be in the same country. So you can't get better country pricing because you bought with somebody in a different country, which I think is a little egregious to think of because it's like a couple dollars between countries, but I guess from the cheapest country to the most expensive country, it's their bottom line. I understand. M- more or less it it evens out. Yeah. Uh, well, no, what I was saying is like let's say the US is $25, but like Singapore is like 6. If everyone bought their subscriptions from a f- person in Singapore, they'd all be paying $6 a month and that would lose Xbox a lot of money. However, the biggest takeaway that I have from this is that they did not confirm how many users and whether or not Xbox Live comes with this. Because if you get uh, I didn't think about that. If you get think about three that. or four people on one family unit, all with Xbox Live, that is a ridiculous value. Absolutely crazy value because back in the day, this was they're eliminating the cost of playing online, which I believe is personally going away anyway. They're going to eventually get rid of that piece of the subscription and they're just grandfathering it into game pass and it's going to slowly fade away from the limelight okay (coughs) but if you can get this on multiple systems and it's it's got to be at least two i would think max five i did i did like you and your brothers are the perfect people for this yeah like one of us is paying 20 bucks a month that's all this would ever be. I think, obviously, more than two. I, I think five is the max, max, max. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, over five is asking a lot. But I think we're going to see somewhere between two and four. I could. I wouldn't be mad if it was two. I really wouldn't. But four would be awesome. <sighs> Look, again... I we were I, I like doing this thing now where I, I don't want to get too excited about non-substantiative things, mm-hmm. right? Cool. Nintendo's been doing it. Let's let's see what a big push this L- makes. Listen, I think I'm listen. Yeah, listen. You I'm cannot listening. compare this to Nintendo because Nintendo's online sucks. For, for, forget the implementation i just more mean like the business model this isn't oh, yeah. new right no i think what's going to move the needle for them is going to be widespread tv adoption you know over the top when it comes to the uh xbox tv stick app whatever you want to call that right yep eh eh i don't know i'll be more excited or more scared when we know more that's all I want to say about it. My thing is the price might not be concrete, but mm-hmm. I feel like $25 is really the only price it could be because if it's $30, it's the same as just having two accounts. Okay, fair enough. But any less than $25, it's almost too good of savings. True. Like, yeah. yeah, like you still want people to get into that $15 tier and you don't want them buying the $9.99 piece of it where it's like oh i could have two accounts and it's 9.99 it's still less expensive but it's got to be somewhat like they don't want you to do that 
but I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be great, and I think it's going to get a... I don't think it's going to do anything long-term or, like, short-term because Xbox is really the only person in this arena right now. Yeah. They're the only yeah. people doing this, so they're competing against themselves, and they're continuing to one-up themselves on their own product, which is a wild, like, this is basically company development and internal R&D at its finest where it's just continuing to try to make its product as good as possible regardless of the fact that it doesn't have a competitor right now but I love where Xbox is going fundamentally as a company through the subscription service hmm make a good point what else we got speaking Speaking of such a, such a bold, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, what are we speaking of? Sales numbers and the increase in Game Pass sales. We're looking at the sales numbers. This it, these are UK numbers, but I found this article interesting because of what they compared video games to. Okay. So it is 2022 UK's entertainment product, grossing entertainment product in the UK. And basically what they are comparing this to is different forms of media that are more or less on some type of physical CD. They don't count for virtual sales of video games. Wow. Okay. There's where this falls apart. No, I mean, in the UK, the Switch, like Switch games are still very, very high in selling. But. But more than downloads? Come on what? now. No, 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 I'm saying their downloads are definitely higher, but I think that like Switch is still king in the UK. Okay. However, I get what I get what you're saying. This article goes down to break out that Switch was number one. Vinyl records were number two. Followed by PS4 and PS5 games, which were lumped together for some reason for physical sales and then you have to go through and this is why i wanted to bring this up because we do not just cover i don't only bring positive xbox stories to the table xbox one and series x and x s games you you love the console you don't even know what they're named sorry sorry everyone in that marketing department should be fired i know immediately came in at number seven it beat PC, but it lost to CDs, DVDs, and Blu-rays. Bring back the 90s. Let's just go back to the, the, CV, the CD binders. Who tracks this? Who was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we should track Blu-ray apart from DVDs. It's, uh... This is this is horrific. I, I I have nothing to comment on this, Matt, other than what? to say digital is king. Digital is here. To quote to quote uh, Laszlo from uh, what Camp we do Laszlo? in the shadows. Oh no, what we do in the shadows. <laughs> I know digital. Digital is what's hot. Digital is what's in. So digital it'll be. That's fair. However, I would like to note that. The past generation of the Xbox and current generation of the Xbox couldn't beat Blu-rays in the UK. 
And that People goes to a point that you made. Love Blu-rays. <laughs> this goes to a point that you made last week or last week on the podcast saying that if you get rid of the American market for Xbox, they pretty much go. Vinyl. They pretty much go under. <laughs> the only thing worse for them is PC. Worse than them is PC. But you know a really good way to get physical copy sales up? And to get video game sales up for Xbox, it would be to take Call of Duty in-house. And in a recent report, again, GameIndustries.biz, our favorite people, brought to us by Christopher Dring, PlayStation Call or Xbox Call of Duty offer was inadequate on many levels. So what they are commenting on is that Microsoft has agreed to keep Call of Duty, multi-console, cross-platform, for three years after their current agreement, which I believe their current agreement is up this year. So basically, as soon as Xbox takes over Activision Blizzard King, there is a three-year timer where, at the end of those three years, it is not guaranteed that Call of Duty will be a console exclusive. I think that this is just conversations that are having i don't see any world where you limit call of duty sales to xbox only it's a mistake it's a it it would be one of the biggest misuses of any ip ever to take the thing that makes call of duty so great and make it only an xbox game that's not xbox's brand I'm of two opinions on this. Mm -hmm. I think where there's smoke, there's fire. What I mean by that is Jim Ryan, the current CEO of PlayStation Studios, like he oversees the whole thing, is not a creative. He's a business person through and through. You can see that with the content strategy that Sony has been sort of implementing over the last two years or so. Branching Mm -hmm. into movies, putting on PC, etc. Now, while big brain individuals like you and I can't see, you and I look at this and we're like, stop crying, Jim. Where there's smoke, there's fire. This is a man who knows his business, who knows the metrics, who understands what it is to put a product on the market. If this person is looking at this and saying, this is a bad deal for us, you got to take a step back, considering that we're in week six talking about this, that there's more. That there might be a world where it goes exclusive. We don't know what the contracts look like. We don't know what they say. Now, I agree with you that it would be absolutely crazy for Xbox to put the whole Call of Duty package exclusively on Xbox. It would be nuts. Because you're missing out on a whole $60 full pop purchase on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm, there's a, there's a piece here we're not seeing. Because, and hold on, the, the the piece here is either there is something we don't know about and that Call of Duty exclusivity has been discussed 
and that there is a pill, a poison pill within this deal that at the end of those three years, bang, zoom, straight to the moon, Call of Duty then becomes exclusive. Mm -hmm. Or we have a whiny CEO. Those are the only two options here, right? So what is it that we're missing here that the C-suite at Sony and the C-suite at Microsoft clearly know that we don't? Because right now, it doesn't make sense from either camp. So this is the only way I see it going. Is one, I see two reasons why I don't think it's a whiny CEO. I really don't. I don't think it is. But to be clear, me either. That's the yeah. thing that I think makes the least amount yeah. of sense here. I don't think there's any chance that it's a whiny CEO just because of the way that Jim Ryan handles himself. And while he has been very whiny with this deal, I would be too. However, what I think is actually going on, and I believe you said it on our podcast a couple weeks ago, and I think it's the only way that this is an actual problem, is I'll get to what you said in a previous podcast in a second. The first option is they're literally straight at negotiation saying, take this piece of the deal and it's you get this percentage of the sales and we get everything else. I don't care that it's on your system. Or in three years, we're taking it and it's going to be Xbox only. Or like you have said, a piece of Call of Duty will be Xbox exclusive. It might not be multiplayer. It might not be the campaign, but it'll be zombies. It could be the campaign. It could be something else is an Xbox exclusive that no one else can play. But we, okay, so we've established the campaign in Call of Duty is the most vestigial part of it. We yep. know that's true because they released a multiplayer-only Call of Duty game in Black mm -hmm. Ops whatever the hell, yep. and then released a ancillary product in Warzone that is all multiplayer Yep. and built a freemium story around that, right? So you want to lock multiplayer away, go ahead. Uh, single player ahead away, go ahead. Zombies? Zombies isn't the draw. It's multiplayer and it's Warzone. Yeah, but there's no reason to take it. Like, both of those suffer from not being cross-platform. This is my point. Yeah. So what is it, and I would love to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. What is it that we're missing? What is it that Sony knows, that Microsoft knows, that we don't? I think And there's whatever. a good chance we'll never know it as no. well. No, it'll come out in whatever form is deemed publicly acceptable. This is a behind-closed-door conversation where they are negotiating future contracts with Sony past that three-year mark, and Xbox is either strong-arming them and saying, listen, you're getting 5% or no percent, take your pick, or Sony's like, listen, it's been like this, we would like it to maintain that, and Xbox is like, no, we're not going to do a 50-50 split like you did with Activision. That's not how we work. We're competitors. I think it's in those details where they are 100% opposed to each other, and that's where this battle is getting fought. And Sony is saying, Sony is trying to make it seem like Xbox is making it, it's my way or the highway. <sighs> I'd... Just... 
again, this is one of those stories like the last one where I don't want to say more until we know more, but yep. the the water is a lot muddier than it seems here, is what I will say about this. Do you think anything could stop this going through? Because a lot... I think that this wouldn't be a story if anyone thought this Activision Blizzard acquisition was not going to go through. It's hard, you know. I Short of the government getting involved like they did with Elon, I think this goes through. Yep. Full yeah. full steam ahead. I I don't I don't see this being something that uh long term is has any real pushback that would make a material difference agreed agreed but i think at the end of the day sony is certainly hoping for it but are they but like you know what but are they like what either way they lose let's say all right let's 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 live in both worlds for a second Mm -hmm. sony makes a bunch of noise they get the deal canceled Sony looks petulant and loses face with everybody. Okay. Well, let's say the deal does go through. Sony's complaining about it, but okay, it's to be expected. The only thing that makes sense to me about this article, and we'll be discussing, and I want to bring this up with uh, a podcast appearance you and I are appearing on in, in the coming days here. You know it. This, to me, is Sony scared. This, to me, says, shit. We, if I'm Jim Ryan and I'm looking at my books right now, and I look at my books and I see, okay, it takes triple the amount of time and triple the budget to make a game that it once did. People forget Uncharted 1, 2, and 3 all came out two and a half years apart from each other. Like, boom, 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 boom. That is impossible to do now, right? Mm -hmm. So Sony is sitting there going, okay, kind of shot our load uh, with all of our big IPs late in the last generation. We need to do some cash flow. So let's buy some studios to start cash flowing the business to release products. If Sony's do well, that you know supports the PC thing as well, sixty bucks yep. a pop on on PC or whatever they're selling for there. The only reason Sony would be mad about this is if they're looking at their books and they're saying the cash flow is still a problem, and we needed our undivided segment of Call of Duty players. Like we didn't need them to be distracted by this. But in talking about it, I feel like they're distracting people from just shit, I'm just going to buy it on my console anyway. Yep. Does that make sense? I lost you a little bit, but I think I got the general Where? premise. Of... Where? Because if you lost me, then that means at least one person in the audience did as well, and that's the last thing I want to happen. Yeah, so I don't really understand what you're saying with what is Sony... What was Sony's realization at the end of your... Sony's realization is that they have a cash flow issue. They went, they overextended themselves on the thing they really got famous for, which was big budget narrative story driven IPs, mm-hmm. right? 
And now it costs them three times as much and three times as long to produce one of these Horizons, God of Wars, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So shit, we have to fill the gaps. How do we do that? We buy studios to fill in the gaps in the meanwhile. So we we're just putting out quantity at that point and also releasing our games on PC and also looking at our books and all that and saying, well, now they're going to make Call of Duty exclusive, right? So if you're oh, looking at gotcha. the whole strategy and yet still you have the issue to the point where you need to raise this, the issue is much deeper than we think. Are we on the same page now? Yes. Yeah, so you're saying they're looking at a cash flow issue and they were be- they are now backed in a corner because of their cash flow issue. And now one of their main revenue generating products might be pulled out from under them. A la Call of Duty going to Xbox. Correct. Yep. Okay. Correct. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely a shit place to be. But acquisitions happen all the time. And I'd rather Microsoft have it than Tencent. Because what would Fair. be worse is if Call of Duty went under Tencent's control and they trashed the game and then no they, one bought it By anyway. doing what? Removing more Tiananmen Square content? Yes, definitely that specifically. But as we bring... Acknowledging Bobby's Taiwan hopes, as a country. <laughs> Bobby's hopes and dreams in for a landing of a Call of Duty solo on Sony. We'd like to thank you for listening. We hope that you give us a like, a sub, and we hope you watch the full video because if you don't, you miss great content like Bobby explaining himself. Like my my beautiful transitions and Bobby eating his own personal mic. And if you were wondering out there in the audience, Matt, how did you come up with all of these beautiful transitions and how do you always bring it to this show? It's because of our affiliate, W Energy. If you go right now to w.gg.com and use code PLAYCONOMICS, you will get 10% off. Beautiful W flavors like this beach and peach, jitterless, energy full, keeps you catching that dub, W energy. And with that, Bobby, do you have anything to say to these good, beautiful play economists out here? 